Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. <laughs> that was such a beautiful bite of dental marketing. <laughs> Today I have Brittany Dalkey. Brittany is kicking off Thrive Med Consulting, and she, but right now we just have the amazing rock star badass that she is. <laughs> Brittany will forever go down as the one who got away. Brittany interviewed with us. She was amazing. We fell in love and then she went and started her own company. Now, Brittany, I will tell you, this applies to you. I believe there are two reasons that an employee can leave pain-free dental marketing. They can die or they can start their own company. They're, those are the only two ways they can leave with my blessing. Otherwise, I get fussy. But I'm so... I have certainly watched your career and I have watched you from the minute that Nate introduced us to now. And it's been amazing, but I would love to hear what you've been up to and what you're going to do with Thrive Medical Consulting. I know you're working on a logo on a site right now, but tell me where you've been. Yeah. So um, as you know, my background was actually in orthodontic consulting, but I traveled around and I was going from practice to practice to be able to teach and train on how to do case conversion and um, how to take that excellent new patient call, how to take that patient to the next level and really stand out from the competition. And um, I'm grateful for the experience that that gave me, but traveling around the world was very difficult, especially in a new marriage. And mm -hmm. um, now I'm thankful my husband and I have been married for a very long time. So I'm coming back to it. Um, but, you know, then I, got into a social media agency and I was working there. I actually worked at a dental agency as well, but went into a social media agency and I really got my feet wet into um, med spas, derms, plastics, dental, everything across the board. So really from start to finish, I know I've been in a practice from start to finish. I went and consulted in practices from start to finish. And now I'm learning more of the tech side of things, which is really neat to understand. So I feel like I've understand full circle on practices in general, but working at that social media agency, it gave me really the idea and the view to be able to look into practices and see that it doesn't matter what kind of practice it is, whether it be a dental, a med spa, a plastic surgeon, a dermatologist, they all have very similar issues mm -hmm. that can be fixed with just a few simple steps and accountability. Um, being able to hold your team accountable and making sure that everybody is giving that great service can help turn your practice from, you know, a profitable, profitable practice, but to an extremely profitable practice. Mm -hmm. So that's really, I love the experience that I've had to be able to just see little ins and outs of everything, understanding the keys of marketing, and then also what makes a practice tick and how to make it grow. Now, what do you see as the common problems that as you've gone through your career, as you've gone through this journey, what are some of the common problems you see? Oh gosh, there's a ton, but I have a few just today that I think for what we have time for that we could talk about. Um, the first one is assuming that the patient has no other option for care. Mm. Um, as we know, especially in dentistry, there are dentists on every corner. Like that is the new nail salon. And so there are a million other providers out there. And so how do you make yourself stand out from the competition? And part of that starts with excellent customer service. And I feel like I hear more times than not that customer service is dead. 
And it's up to the practice to prove to the patient that it's not, and they can build trust that the patient made the right decision for you know choosing their practice. So how do you do that? How do you really solidify that relationship with the patient before they ever yeah. walk through the door? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned customer service. I I think there's an interesting phenomenon going on right now in the world of where it's harder to find staffing. So mm -hmm. the staff that you have, you feel you have to hold on to and tolerate less than ideal behavior. Yeah. At the same time, because there's less staffing, it's put some pressure on the customer experience and customers still want the same experience. So not only are customers wanting this amazing experience, but the teams tend to feel more overworked. Now, I, I don't know if that's emotional or real because, you know, we won't, we won't know until research comes out for years, but I do feel like there's this weird tension between the expectations that a prospective patient has and the expectations that clients have of like, I, I'm, I'm the one showing up for work. Why do I have to go above and beyond? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm short staffed. I'm the only one here. And I dentists are so scared to lose the staff they have right now that I find they're having a trouble, a, a difficult time balancing, holding people accountable. And mm -hmm. I know you mentioned accountability and, and, and maintaining the standard of the patient experience they want to have. And really, I think there's a way to have both, but it, it does, you know, you can't go in all fire and brimstone all the time. I think it requires a more nuanced touch. Yeah. Well, part of it is too, a big thing that I'm noticing in practice is communication. Mm -hmm. Does your practice know um, your values? Do they know your team? Does your team know your values? Does your team know um, your mission? And does your team understand your heart behind what you're doing? Um, and once you guys all can come together and build that connection and relationship, you guys start rowing in the same direction. So oftentimes when you're seeing that the staff is like, well, I just don't want to do that. They haven't been communicated properly what the expectation maybe is, and then mm -hmm. also how to maintain that expectation and give them something to strive for. Um, I'm working with a client right now. I walked in and nobody knew what they were supposed to be doing and how they're supposed to be doing it. It's a very successful plastic surgeon. But what really needs to happen, what needed to happen is even checklists creating a daily, weekly, monthly checklist for the team so they know what their boundaries are and where they're at. I've had people tell me so many times, like, that's not my job. And anytime I hear that, it becomes everybody's job. So then we do it in a rotation. Okay, well, on Mondays, you get to clean the bathrooms. Tuesdays, you get to clean the bathrooms. And it's now on a checklist. It's everybody's job. There's not one thing in the practice that should be not my job. Right, right. Yeah. Now, are you going into the practices on a, a weekly or biweekly things? And how, how are you engaging the offices you work with? Absolutely. It all depends on the practice and what their needs are. Um, this, this practice that I'm talking about now, the doctor is very busy. Um, he's in surgery actually five days out of the week, work six. So he needed somebody there to really just help the manager create these processes, implement them, and maintain them. And so that's really what I've been working on to help them. And so I do that bi-weekly. There are some clients that it may be, they need me to come in once a month because we're really just curating and making sure that the front office is doing, taking an excellent new patient phone call. And then we are building and creating the um, perfect consultation. So walking somebody from 
point A to point B when they walk through the door and how to tell yeah. them. So it just depends on what's needed on the client. It's all completely customizable. Mm. Now, walk me through your ideal new patient experience. Oh. I want to hear the Brittany experience. Awesome. Yeah. So it starts with, of course, the new patient phone call. This is the first interaction that the patient's getting with your team. It is so powerful and I can't get can't get that through enough. I feel like so many people don't understand how powerful that new patient phone call is. It can make or break the conversion rate. I don't care how great of a treatment coordinator you have or whoever's selling your treatments. If your new patient phone call puts a bad taste in somebody's mouth, it's never going to help convert that patient into an actual treatment. So it has to start there. So um, the new patient phone call should honestly just tee up the patient for a treatment plan. You And I am a big fan of personalized scripting. I know not everybody loves scripting, but that's why I personalize it to the practice. Um, so starting with the new patient phone call, it should be blow the patient out of the water going, yes, this is it. The next one is your confirmations. This can be a game changer. I am old school. I know that there's so much technology in this world that we can send emails and text messages, but I feel like that doesn't need to be the first route for confirmation. Mm -hmm. The first confirmation should be whoever's selling that treatment to contact the patient and say, hey, Brittany, I'm so excited for you to come in for your appointment um, this week. I just wanted to see if you had any questions before you come in. Notice I never use the word confirmation because to me, a confirmation sounds like you're saying, hey, don't jack up my schedule. I just need you to be here. It's saying, yeah, hey, Or you have a choice. Yeah. I'm really excited to meet you for your appointment. Do you have any questions ahead of time that I can get answered? Do you need directions to the office? Whatever that may be, but people value authenticity. And so building real connection and relationships with the patients is important. Same thing, like I said, with your staff, building authentic relationships with your staff is important because the more that they get to know what you're wanting and how, what your expectations are, the better they can perform. Yeah. You mentioned the new patient phone call. Yeah. One of my secret favorite things that my very best practices do, mm -hmm. the dentist calls the new patients the day before the appointment. Yep. They get a, they get a list on their way home. And they just call them mm -hmm. and say, Hey, Brittany, I'm, I'm so excited to see you tomorrow. I saw in your paperwork that you had some concerns here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so excited to have you come in and talk with me tomorrow, but I just wanted to personally call and welcome you to the practice. If you have any questions, please call the front desk. They'll be sure to get in touch with me. So, and, and you know, it sounds like it, it, that's it. It's, it's a 45 second phone call. And I think the, I, I love what you said about the, the office manager or the, the coordinator calling, but like, I really like it because when the dentist takes time to call me, it feels so special mm -hmm. and I'm so excited and now I'm excited to go and you've changed me from someone who, you know, I, I really like, I'm a big fan of the net promoter score and all the science around it and around how I, I think if I said, you know, Hey Brittany, how do you, how well do you think, you know, our company does? on this product. Mm -hmm. Well, you, because there's a social contract that you want to give me a good score because you know, it's just weird to not, a lot of people say seven, seven or eight. Mm -hmm. That actually doesn't, that's actually statistically not a great score given that you're going to skew heavy anyway. Like you're looking for nines and tens are really your promoters. Yeah. And 
I like it because I think it shows the delta between an average, a good, and an amazing experience. And a good experience is not going to generate a lot of referrals. A great experience might generate some, but an amazing experience is going to create these brand champions out there that are like, you need to go see Dr. Brittany. She's amazing. She called me for, for my new patient exam. And, and even though your new patient exam is probably just like my new patient exam, the fact that you called them, they're going to perceive the exam to be a much higher quality exam. Yeah. I 10 out of 10 recommend that the doctor contacts them. I can't always get doctors. It just depends on the, the type of practice. Sure. Part. Sure. Um, but I always do recommend that to have the doctors call because that is just night and day difference. Because if I call, if I contact the office, I'm never speaking to the doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to talk to Barbara. Or I have to talk to Brittany or I have to talk to, you know, whoever. You're never talking to the doctor. So when the doctor makes time out of his day to call you, it makes you feel really special. It does. All right. So we had the new patient call. We 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 had had someone from the practice call them to talk about their appointment. Yes. They they're coming into the building for the first time. Yeah. What what are we gonna do with them? Well, a properly reversed exam is so important. So one, you always want to make treat the office like your home. So it should be clean. It should be ready for company. It should smell good. It should look good, everything. But when the patient walks in, they should be automatically greeted from the front desk. Um, Your front desk should know your patients. So they should know that when it is a new patient coming in and using them by name. So, hey, Brittany, I'm Brittany. It's so nice to meet you. You know, just giving them that warm greeting when they walk through the door is so important. But once that's done, you know, of course, any paperwork that needs to be done, any additional information can be discussed, but it should be a beautifully run dance routine. So using scripting, um, going through the process, giving a tour of the office, it's a new person into your office, right? They've never been there. Where's the bathroom? Where do I brush my teeth before my appointment? Where do I do certain things? So you can give that tour to the office, to the, to the patient, just so that way they're very comfortable with anything that goes on in the practice. Um, and then I always really like scripting for the doctor, just because doctor, the doctor's seeing all of the patients, right? So maybe the hygienist only sees X amount the treatment coordinator, all these other practices or all these other patients are only, or people are only seeing so many patients. The doctor needs to have scripting to leave the patient feeling like they're in great hands. So using a scripting, like I'm going to leave you with Brittany. She's our expert in providing our all in four patients with the best experience possible. I assure you, she's going to be able to answer any questions you have regarding your experience or regarding your treatment or your finances you're in great hands right before they walk out on the patient. That warm transfer now gives Brittany the ability to make decisions for this patient before the patient goes, well, I just want to talk to the doctor again. It's now giving them the opportunity to know that they're in good hands as well, that the doctor is trusting everything that Brittany is saying. So I now, of course, you know, Whoever's doing that has to be the expert in it if the doctor is going to be giving them that credibility. But that's the ultimate goal is to build that connection and that relationship with the patient and that person. I like what you said about the the doctor scripting. I find that they're oftentimes the one who need the most coaching. Yeah. 
And I love just giving them a cup, a sticky with a couple of bullet points about Brittany before they walk into meet her. Yeah. So just to give them a few talking points. And I like what you said about handing off with a high degree of confidence to the next person, because I like those handoffs. One of the most frustrating things that clients talk about in our agency is they'll talk to someone, you know, on the, on the sell side, and then they almost have to say the same thing to the, you know, a client manager who takes over their account. And it's a small matter. It really does really de deny them the confidence that this is a well-run operation when I'm having the conversation with during my new patient call, and then I have it with the new patient corner, and now I'm having it with the doctor. Well, I'm okay having it. It's, uh, you know, I'm, it, it does sort of deny me this amazing experience of, a perceiving them as a well-run shop. And I like what you said about scripting for the doctor. Well, what's the difference for me calling Visa to get information on my credit card when I have to put in my information 16 times and going mm -hmm. to the dentist and I have to do the same thing. That shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen. Yeah, I agree. Right. I agree. I'm a fan of a paper trail. Um, I know a lot of practices are not fans of paper trails, but I feel like when a patient is talking, you can write things down versus typing things out. If I'm typing something, I'm worried about where my keystrokes are, what I typed incorrectly, you know, misspelled, going back, trying to fix those things. So if we have a paper trail and like you said, the little notes that say, here's what I talked to them about, there should always be a debrief with the doctor and the staff member before he ever walks through that door. That doctor should walk in knowing exactly what the patient's concerns are. Maybe even something small. Hey, Brittany's here. She's a big fan of, you know, Starbucks coffee. This is what she gets. The doctor can build that connection in relationships. Again, they're seeing all of these patients and they're running from, you know, room to room to room. We have to slow them down as employees and as team members and say, hey, this is your focus right now. When you go in there, you're going to be the rock star. So say this, do this, go over this, and then leave me. You know, yeah. direct your doctor, direct your doctor. It's, they honestly, I feel like respected a lot more than going, where am I going? Who am I seeing? What am I doing? What, what, what happens? Uh, it is so insightful. I agree. I, <sighs> I have, over the last few years, I've had some employees that, we're going to have their laptop up and take notes in meetings with clients mm -hmm. or on their phones, which is worse. And you just, when someone's on a computer, I, there's some level of, I wonder what they're doing. When you're taking notes, I'm not wondering what you're doing. And it's some throwback from the weird, you know, back in the seventies and eighties, the they used to talk about people that would go out and smoke for a break mm -hmm. versus someone who didn't smoke would go for a walk. And the person who was smoking never got questioned about what they were doing because they were physically doing something with their hands. They were, they were engaged where the, someone who was on a walk was like, what are you doing? Like, what do you mean you're taking a mental health break? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but like the same, I think is true when someone is taking notes on their phone or taking notes on a computer versus taking paper notes. Like we're like, I wonder what they're doing back there. Oh, here's the clean, you know, they, they could be on, you know, Instagram for all I know. Yeah. yeah that's funny. Now, how do you wrap up that new patient visit? What is the, what's your, what's your key takeaways there to wrap it up? Absolutely. So after we've gone through all the stuff, the doctor has left, says you're the expert, 
you believe you're the expert, you go over all of the treatment plan with the patient. The next is, of course, presenting finances. There are scripting for finances, don't worry, um, because not everybody is comfortable presenting finances. And the biggest thing I see is people sell out of their own pocketbook. What you can afford, Eric, versus what I can afford is gonna be completely different. What you value in importance versus what I value of importance is gonna be different from person to person. So I have to come in utilizing the right scripting to tell a patient what the finances are, right? So I present the finances, I go over it, I make it comfortable for the patient to go over these numbers because I just met you. And now I'm opening up my, my checking account and saying, hey, Eric, here's what I can afford, or here's what I can do. And building a treatment plan that is works for the patient. So with my derms, with my um, plastics, with my med spas, they build a 12 month treatment plan. So it's not just, hey, you're gonna come in, we're gonna stick you in the face 16 times, we're gonna you know, give you all, you're gonna walk out looking like Kim Kardashian. That is not the goal, it's one and done. It's, hey, this is where we're gonna start you. We're gonna get your skin better. We're gonna get your, you know, this better. And then we're gonna move to injectables. And then we're gonna move to this. So it all just depends on the practice. And that again, is customizable but we wanna make sure that we build a plan that works for the patient. So even in dentistry, maybe we're giving a plan of, we're gonna do a smile makeover. Okay, how can we break that down and make it easy for the patient to understand and to swallow? So it just, just depends on, of course, the practice itself and what they offer, what kind of financing, what kind of individuals, but there are scripting for finances because I do not want whoever is presenting those finances to sell out of their pocketbook. It's such a common mistake to sell, assuming you know how they'll spend their money. One thing I did want to close on, I know we're running a little behind, but after the new patient um, experience is follow-up. So if the patient doesn't mm. close, how do we follow up? That is so important is following up with those patients, working those recalls, staying in front of them, making sure that you let them know that you are a priority. Well, gosh, Brittany, this has been amazing. How do we get in touch with you? to show you off to the practices and, and have you come in and do an analysis or something? Absolutely. Um, right now, just through my cell phone, um, you'll reach out to my phone number. Um, text and phone call work great for me. Um, I'm working on, like I said, getting everything up and running. So I will have my domain-based email and all that stuff here shortly. I'm so excited to see your logo. Yes. It's yeah. going to kill it. I'll make sure to link all the the contact information in the description but that was your bite of dental marketing 